0: what's up everyone welcome to this day in philly sports history for march 21st 2023 i'm your host jim montgomery it is the first official day of spring the weather's supposed to be beautiful today it's also tuesday you know what that means time for our daily dose of motivation slash positivity and this one this quote i actually heard on a movie i watched with the kids over the weekend um It was on Disney Channel. It's a new one called Chang Ken Dunk. Uh, It's a pretty good movie about not giving up, working hard, um, following your dreams, blah, 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 blah. But the quote, and sometimes things are so simplistic yet so profound at the same time. One of the guys in the, I think it was the guy that was training him, basically said, sometimes the calls don't go your way. You just have to play through it. And that just really blew my mind because if you take it in a literal sense, Absolutely. Think about the Super Bowl. Think about some of the stuff that happened in the World Series. Think about even the Sixers game last night, the call that ultimately cost them the game or cost Joel getting fouled out in double overtime, which led them to end up losing. I mean, it it was a ticky-tack call. Could it have gone the other way? Sure. But you just have to play through it. And it's also a metaphor for life. I think too many times we see... People say, oh, well, I was dealt a shitty hand, or I grew up like this, or I grew up poor, or I, I, I've got bad luck, and this and that. And you know what? All of that is true, but I like to call it true but useless information because at the end of the day, nobody cares. You still, you got to play the hand you were dealt. The calls didn't go your way. You got to play through it and just power on and make it. sure the road is that much more difficult. But just power through, and it makes it that much more, reward, more rewarding in the end. So just remember as you go through your day, and, and inevitably something is gonna come up that's gonna completely try to derail your day. Just remember the calls don't always go your way, you just have to play through it. All right, so a lot to get to today on the Women's History Month spotlight. Um, first, before we get into today's Philly Sports Women's History spotlight, I want to go back to something that happened the other day, and Dawn Staley, who is the coach of South Carolina, she wore a Cheney State jersey, and it just was to me it was awesome because they were the reporters were asking her why, and she talked about Yolanda Laney, who we talked about on this uh, podcast, and Vivian Stringer, who was the coach at Cheney State, who we'll be talking about later this month and basically it was the first time a historically black college or university had made it to the national final four so she was wearing that jersey on the sideline kind of proudly because of how much Yolanda Laney had meant to her how much coach stringer had meant to her so I thought it was really cool to see three of the women that I had picked out this month to spotlight kind of coming full circle in that but Uh, If you want, check out the the YouTube video of that from her press conference. I thought, like I said, it was pretty cool because it was kind of three things and three powerful women that I chose a spotlight kind of converging on one. But for today, we're going to stick with basketball. And Kathy Rush is our spotlight today. She was born in Atlantic City, went to Westchester where she played basketball for two years after the coach left. She switched to gymnastics, did pretty well there. Um, she ended up coaching at Immaculata from 1977 to or 1972 to 1977. She went 149 and 15. Now just kind of think about that in just mathematical terms. 115 or 149 and 15. I mean that's just a ridiculous winning percentage. So she just was a trailblazer. She was just an amazing coach. I mean, she won 90% of her games. So just think about that. They went to the uh, three straight AIAW National Championships, basically the first three that the aw had um, once they became an organization. She took them to six Final Fours. Which is great because how many seasons did she coach? Six. So every year they had a shot to win the championship. She's in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, she was elected there in two thousand eight. Nineteen seventy five Pan Am Games gold medalist. The movie Mighty Max. We talked about that previously. But the, the movie The Mighty Max was about her that came out in 2011. I believe it was a Disney movie. And some other quick things that I thought were pretty cool. She, uh, Immaculata was involved in the first nationally televised women's basketball game. Uh, they were involved in the first women's game at Madison Square Garden. And the first undefeated team uh, in 1973 for any women's team. So... Um, Ultimately, what ended up happening is Title IX opened up a lot of opportunities for other universities and colleges to have women's sports. Immaculata stayed strong, to They didn't want to give out scholarships. Um, I'm not sure the backstory of that. It's something that Kathy Rush didn't agree with at first, but she's come to accept uh, later in her life. But kind of took Immaculata, who was a small school, and they couldn't compete with the the large D1 universities. But today we spotlight Kathy Rush, who was a trailblazer, one of the very best to ever do it, Um, from local Atlantic City, went to Westchester, so very, very cool that she was just that dominant. So shout out to you, Kathy Rush, for all you've done for women's sports and women's basketball. All right, so we mentioned the Sixers. Uh, They were tired. I mean, it was a sloppy game. It went double overtime, and the game probably, I didn't see what the opening line was, probably still went under. It was 109-105. They just, defensive struggle. You could tell they were just tired. Harden looked off. Um, Embiid was his normal self, though. Ten straight, now 30-point games. Snapped their eight-game winning streak, but no harm, no foul. They're back on the road. They'll be playing in Chicago tomorrow night. Um, so hopefully we can put together and string together a nice win streak after that. Again, sticking with basketball and the women's history theme, the only team in Philly that's still playing, uh, they, they stayed alive last night. The Villanova women's basketball team beat Florida Gulf Coast 76-57 to 57 to move on to their first Sweet 16 in 20 years. I'll be looking forward to watching that game uh, in a few days, um, but good win for them, doing the city proud even though I know there's a good portion of you out there who don't think that Villanova is a city school, but that's a, we'll deal with that when it's slow in the summertime of baseball. Uh, let's put a bow on the C.J. Gardner-Johnson thing. Uh, it was kind of ridiculous how everything came out yesterday. Like His agent was out there fighting with fans on Twitter and whatnot. Basically, I think what happened is the Eagles offered him a long-term deal at decent money, he overvalued himself or his agent overvalued the market. Uh, he went out, couldn't find the money he wanted. And then at that point, the Eagles had kind of spent some of their budget um, or whatever. And now he's on a second straight prove-it deal, which I think is kind of odd. I, I think at that point you need to kind of look at your, your representation. But we'll leave it. He's not on our team anymore. Wish him the best of luck. Thank you for the Super Bowl run. Let's move on. Uh, oh, and speaking of moving on, real quick, how about Javon Hargrave out there in San Francisco all of a sudden talking shit like, oh, whoa, well, if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, that NFC Championship game would have gone a lot differently. First of all, no shit. It really would have gone differently. I think anybody in Philadelphia would agree with you. D- does that mean the 49ers win? I doubt it, but th- the game would have gone different. So, Javon, again, thank you for the couple years you had here in Philly. Thank you for last year and uh, kicking down the door and whatever other sack celebration you did. But you know what? Shut up. Um, all right. So let's get into today. We're going back to 2004. And this is one that um, I don't have a lot of notes for because I'm just going to go off the cuff. But on this day, March 21st, 2004, it was the end of an era. Veterans Stadium was imploded. Um, and again, I could sit here and wax poetic. It's probably not going to come out good at all. Uh, I will say I did cry when that that building got knocked down or the stadium got knocked down because of how much it meant to me and just uh, not so much from a sports perspective, but just a life perspective. Went to my first game with my dad. Never forget walking in there for a Phillies game. Uh, They played the Mets. We were up in 642 in between the two fan divisions. Not far from where our seats were for Eagles games. We were the same section. But just going in, before they had the blue seats, if you remember, look it up on TV. They had those nasty, ugly orange and brown and yellow seats. Uh, But I just remember walking in and and falling in love immediately. Um, Yeah, it was a dump. But it was our dump, and I think that is something we we all have said. Like, yeah, it was a pretty dumpy place, but it was our dump. Um, I mean, I still have my piece of the vet over there. You can see next to the Dawkins helmet. Um, I'd like to think that it was from the, the floor underneath where our season tickets were and not the bathroom where I peed on the floor. Um, I have washed it. Don't worry. Sanitized and all that other good stuff. But it just was. I mean, the Eagles, Phillies, Temple played there. Uh, they the Phillies clinched two World Series berths there. The, um, they clinched the the '80 World Series there. Uh, the Eagles NFC Championship game. Uh, my favorite memories were that uh, the biggest games. I should say it was obviously my first time there. My first Eagles game. Um, that I went down to with uh, my uncle. I went down to a couple games with my dad. Um, the 9-11 game when they came um, uh, first game back after 9-11 against the Braves uh obviously for not the positive reasons but the 2002 nfc championship game i never did get to go to an army navy game there but i mean say what you want about it i mean the turf was shitty ask anybody michael um michael Irvin. i think it was wendell um uh, i forget the guy for the bears that blew out both of his knees jumping up i had a jail the 700 level all that whatever you want to say i mean it was not it was one of those cookie cutter stadiums back then, but it, it had a special charm and a, a special held a special place in my heart. But on this day, it was the end of the era. They they knocked the thing down. It's now a parking lot. There are a couple random uh markers spread throughout the the, the parking lot there where home plate was. I think there's one where Stargell hit the uh the furthest home run. I think there's also one where the goalposts were, but yeah like i said it was a piece of shit but it was our piece of shit so shout out to the vet still miss it um one of the few times i've cried over something that wasn't a person um just because of what that that building um as dumpy as it was represented to me um so don't forget just don't forget like it was a it's such a great um I miss that place sometimes. And yeah, the the link is nice. Citizens Bank Park is nice. But there's some kind of ridiculous charm about the vet. But anyway, it is Tuesday. Hopefully you go through and remember that sometimes the calls are going to go against you. You just got to play through it. Shout out to Kathy Rush. Shout out to Dawn Staley for shouting out. Yelon Delaney and uh, Vivian Stringer. Um, Shout out to Javon Hargrave for being a little bitch and fitting in with the 49ers right away. Uh, This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. Go have yourselves a Tuesday. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.